0: You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 149. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. You've reached another Local Maximum. Welcome to the show. Uh, as always, we have Aaron joining me. Aaron, before we close out 2020, how about a good old-fashioned controversy?
1: Yeah, we're... we're going to go with a real softball this week it sounds like
0: uh, well so this is a uh, this is so one of those internet wormholes not wormholes there's another type of hole that's like rabbit hole rabbit hole it's a rabbit hole yeah that's the animal that you want to watch out for so less slimy um,
1: but definitely larger
0: a lot of podcasts and youtube channels are talking about this but um uh, I-, I tried to do research and try to find you know you know, all the uh, angles to it. So, so we'll try to be fair and while also give my opinion. So we'll see how it goes. This is about the departure of AI ethics researcher, Timnit Gebru, who which has caused a huge uproar in the AI community, but also has implication of uh, what it, Google is doing with all of our input data, where the culture is going, where the media is going, um, where, you know, uh, workplace issues, so it's really helpful, I think, to try to untangle this. And the first thing that we need to go over is what exactly, what actually happened? Because even that is a little tough to break down. So notice I said uh, Timnit's departure from Google, even the characterization of that as being fired or resigning is in dispute. So already there's it's sort of a whole big uh, controversy. So it's one of those stories that you have to be very careful about covering.
1: Indeed, yeah. It, it, well, I, it sounds like we're going to start with you know, j- just the facts, ma'am, uh, and and then we'll uh, depart a little bit from there and, and get into some more analysis. But uh, I think the the, yeah. good, the good news is that uh, the the raw facts are are not hugely in dispute. Uh, it's the nuance around them that becomes much more complicated. Or or yeah, have so I missed something there?
0: Uh, well. It depends what you mean by raw (laughs) facts, but uh, there are some facts in dispute for sure, but they're not there. Yeah, there are some things we don't know. So first, we're going to talk about what exactly happened. And I tried to look into like, what do we know and what don't we know, because there's a lot of insinuations going on and and why people care. And then the second thing I want to go over is what was Timnit Gebru working on her, AI ethics research at Google, What's some of the work that she's done in the past and what exactly was the ethics paper that she uh, unsuccessfully was trying to get published uh, at Google uh, that that led to this.
1: And that's that's maybe one of the things I'm most excited about, because uh, I think you potentially bring a a very interesting viewpoint on this as somebody who uh, is tied into AI and machine learning that is not really getting a lot of coverage out there.
0: Why, thank you. All right. Yeah. No, I'm excited about that too. Uh, third, we're going to look at some examples of AI being biased uh, in, in like towards certain races and genders and, you know, w- which ones of these are legitimate? How how big of a problem is it? So we'll have that discussion. Um, no controversy there. And then 4th fourth, fourth, we're going to say like, what does this incident say about work- workplace dynamics? You know, from the information we have, when is it acceptable to give your employer an ultimatum? When is it inadvisable? And also, like, you know, why are these companies taking the wrong approach to AI ethics sometimes? You know, what, what should AI ethics organizations be doing? Because they could get very politicized. So we could talk about potential solution there. So the fourth one is more um, lessons and solution oriented, which I want to be. Um, but uh, you won't find that on Twitter, uh, <laughs> I can assure you. And maybe all of Reddit. So that isn't a lot, Aaron. Uh, it's pretty pretty straightforward. I think we'll be done in like 20, this oh, is one yeah, of those 20-minute yeah. episodes. Yeah, quick one and done All right. here. <laughs> All right, I'm ready to go. All right, so let's, uh, let's just start with some of the facts. Uh, Timnit Gebru was an AI ethics researcher at Google. And if you're wondering about the name, she's from Ethiopia. She is fairly accomplished. Uh, some of the articles and commentary kind of give the impression that she was directly building the AI systems, and it does seem like she's qualified to do that, but her focus is on examining the ethical implications of those systems. Maybe that's, that's, that's part of developing them, uh, you could say. Um, her work focuses on finding racial, gender, and cultural bias in AI systems, in machine learning systems, uh, as, as it were, and, and in statistical models. And she's also a manager at Google, and she has a team reporting to her. So I think those are maybe not disputable facts, disputed facts, (laughs) but uh, I I tried. Okay. So recently, I think it was either before Thanksgiving or around Thanksgiving, she said she was fired for trying to publish a paper on Google's large-scale language models. Now, language models uh, try to predict which sentences and words are more likely than others. And so it, it can generate language. It um, it sort of mimics human language. We've spoken about language models on the local maximum here a lot in the past. Specifically, in episode 134, I talked about GPT-3, which is like the most famous one right now from the OpenAI lab. Uh, and then the, Google has one now. It's called BERT. Bert. D- does OpenAI um,
1: have a formal relationship with Google, or is it a completely separate entity?
0: Ah, uh, I believe it's separate. Okay. But I could be. Yeah. And. I even built a language model for episode four when I was cracking your, uh, your, your codes. Oh, yeah, that, if you that, remember that's reaching that. way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, right. So, okay. So uh, uh, that's what it was about. Uh, Google officials said that they accepted her resignation from Google and they gave the impression... Uh, so she says that she didn't resign. Uh, they gave the impression that... They asked her to withdraw her name from the paper because it didn't meet their standards, and then she gave them an ultimatum to do certain things, uh, or otherwise they'll leave. Specifically, they said that um, she wanted them to reveal the names of the people reviewing the paper. Now, it's important to cons- to understand we have some of the communications, so people have posted some of the communications, specifically her uh, her uh, texts to like an internal message board, but we do not have that. E- so we don't have the paper. We only have things written about the paper and we don't have that email that we're talking about uh, where she purportedly uh, made that ultimatum. Yeah, so, so so both neither- sides,
1: uh, it seems like, have been leaking information, uh, but presumably uh, you, you would only leak information which is uh, beneficial to your painting of the of the story and we don't have the full, you know, un- Unredacted or 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 un uh, right. So we don't we don't have the of that exchange.
0: Right. So 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 we don't have the email that, that she got. We have exchanges, but we don't have that email. Important to understand. So first of all, why is this news? Somebody gets fired from company. Even if somebody gets fired from company unfairly, that is not news. It happens all the time. Um, you know, company fires someone who's high up in the organization. It happens all the time, right? So this is but. It's really caused a public uproar in the company, and there have been dozens of news articles written about it. And honestly, like that is that's even like big things that I think are going on don't have all these articles written about it. And in fact, the CEO, um, uh, I was about to say, shoot, I was about to say Satya Nadella, but that's, um, is, it, that's is it Sundar Pichai. Uh, Sundar Pichai, I, um, oh my god, now now I'm going to be accused we're, of we're mixing uh, up Rachel. all of
1: the uh, all the tech
0: CEOs. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but I could be accused of a of an ethnic mix-up. Uh, there, but uh, anyway. Uh so uh so okay, so, so the CEO actually had to respond. So first some of the people at Google had to respond and then the CEO has to respond and has called for an investigation. So that suggests something big is happening. And obviously, you know, all of these are like, you know, there's big issues about, you know, race and and gender and uh wokeness and all that stuff. It's, it, this is going to be a fun one. So usually, uh, if an employee gives an ultimatum to the company, uh, so she, uh, I think they both agree she said the, the terms, let, uh, do this or let me work on an end date. Now, they clearly did not let her work on an end date. They just said, you're done. So um, the, the language that Timnit purportedly used in the email was, uh, do this or let me work on an end date. Um, usually if that happens, you'll talk to the people about it if you can't reach those demands, because I think all of us have said things in frustration and, uh, a lot of employers, I think in, even in most cases, if it comes out of nowhere in particular, will make some attempt to patch things up, uh, in, in a normal circumstance. I I think, do you agree with that? Like that, that's one of the things that I've, I've noticed is, um, (laughs) if someone says I flipped out at work, I don't think... Most people would be like, "What? I would never do that."
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I
0: think how the company
1: deals with this is more of a what they should than what they will. Because, um, I I do yeah. have a personal experience where uh, a coworker of mine who was who was above me in the uh, in the company structure, um, basically came in and, at at some point and said, "You know, I've I've had it. Uh, I'm, you know, if 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 X Y Z isn't done, then then I'm I'm giving my two weeks notice." Uh, and in fact, actually they, they, they did this while they were were out on on vacation or business trip or something, but they, yeah. they sent that in and said, you know I, I, I'm happy to come back in and you'll work on the transition for for another two weeks or a month. Um, but but if you can't do XYZ, then I'm out. Uh, and the company's reaction, or at least someone in the management chain's reaction was, uh, okay, your email has been turned off, your access to the facility and to the that's network what happened has here. been turned off, yeah. and don't bother coming in for your last two weeks, we'll send you your paycheck. Yeah, uh, wow. so, so it's, I don't think that's necessarily the best way to handle that kind of situation, but it's definitely something that happens.
0: Right. So so the immediate acceptance here, when they're like, thank you for your resignation, suggests that there's more than meets the eye that's going on here. Maybe in your case too, I don't know. So anyway, the... uh. The pro-Timnit group, the people who are up in arms in support of her, uh, their narrative is saying that that she was trying to publish something critical of Google and they were trying to silence her or they didn't like her outspokenness as someone trying to get more racial and gender diversity at Google. Uh, And then there were some insinuations that they fired their only black female researcher on the team. Uh, You know, sometimes it's like, well, they're so... Uh, blatantly racist that they did that because they couldn't stand <laughs> having even one. I think that direct one is only like, you know, some crazy people on Twitter. But uh, there's definitely like, well, she was speaking out in favor of more diversity and she was too outspoken and it rubbed them the wrong way and uh, they uh, they got rid of her is definitely one of the main narratives that I'm picking up here. Uh, on the other side, it appears that Timnit has attempted to sue her employer in the past uh, in kind of her her long message on that message board that came out. It, it, she even mentions that, which if I tried to sue my employer two years ago and then put it aside, and said like bygones be bygones, I wouldn't bring it up in like I uh, I wouldn't bring it up all the time as I'm working there. That's kind of weird. Um,
1: well, she, so I, I guess it depends where in, in the, uh, the timeline she brought that up because if this was after she'd, she'd actually uh, been. No, before. Okay. Because I can yeah. see after the fact, definitely bring it up. is like, I know they're going to use this to try and paint me as, as a bad egg. Let me get out in front of it. But if, if yeah. she was, you know, putting that on the table as almost a negotiating tactic, that that raises some other questions.
0: Well, it wasn't a negotiating tactic. It was when so she wrote on the internal message board uh, about all of the problems mm. with, with Google that she was having. So some people say she was fired for that Um that rant i i, I was uh, avoiding calling it a rant but I'll, I'll call it a rant now and again i don't you know it's that rant i can guarantee you is not her best work i don't know her but it, it, i i don't want to like judge someone based on one rant but it was not uh that i read it look it was not an advisable thing to send, send out I'll, I'll i'll tell you that yeah, so legal anyway. counsel
1: definitely would not have advised posting that
0: yeah. Well, oh, she's more of that. So basically some have suggested, you know, hey, she was just very difficult to work with and they were just looking for a reason to be able to say she re- resigned voluntarily. So she wrote that long thing on uh, Google Brain Women and Allies uh, forum. And a lot of people don't understand what that is. That's kind of a strange name, but uh, let's break it down. It's Google Brain is the name of the AI group. That makes sense. Okay, You know, Google, Google Docs, Google brain is, right? is
1: Google brain a, a product or is this like, um,
0: it's a, it's a, I think a, it's a, a separate internal company
1: team. under the
0: alphabet umbrella. No, no, no. It's, it's within Google. Okay. It's a team in Google. Yeah. So Google brain and Google brain women is like a, uh, you know, uh, a, a networking a group, group for like or? women. Yeah. A networking group and women and allies are just, um, you know, allies means that, you know, I guess men could hang out in there if they, uh, Support. But, but it's but it's but it's focused
1: on women's, women's issues in the workplace.
0: Yeah, sure. Sure. OK, so she's basically saying in that um, in that long thing that diversity initiatives are all glass and mirrors, essentially, which in most organizations, that's true. And she's uh, but she kind of starts out saying that she's been the victim of, quote, various micro and macro aggressions and harassments without citing them told people to stop cooperating with company initiatives. Um, And also, you know, she'd talk about, you know, sick and tired of being constantly dehumanized. So it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of uh, very rough content where you don't actually get the point, but it's, it's um, you could tell someone's upset, but it's like, it's, it's not the way I would have advised her to write it. Let's put it that way. So, Um, Now that she's gone, it seems like there's an extremely well-organized PR PR campaign on behalf of Tim Gebru, And and I've noticed many AI-generated texts and videos on YouTube with, um, you know, reading things in an AI voice supporting her, which is really weird. You know, I almost think that maybe some people on the AI team had programmed the AIs to put all of that stuff on Google. So that's... um, that's kind of an interesting point about. It. So okay, so Jeff Dean, who is someone in her chain of command, so to speak, he's a lead AI person at Google. I've actually spoken to him once. Uh, he's very well like um, known at Google. I, I heard like they, they have memes going around about him, uh, like you know the um, what's the meme with uh, uh, Chuck Norris? Like he's he's like the Chuck Norris memes of Google of AI. Uh, so anyway, he wrote an email to employees that she didn't give the reviewers of her paper enough of a chance to review her paper and that it didn't make the, uh, meet the standards, uh, because even though it was talking about problems with the language models, both in terms of energy costs and social sense, uh, cultural sensitivity concerns, it didn't cite the work that Google has done to mitigate those concerns. So Google wants, you know, their, uh so 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 the way he's saying it google doesn't want to censor her they just want their she's working at google they want their um uh, you know their point of view represented as well uh, which if that's true that that's reasonable so they said that one of timnit's conditions for continuing was knowing the identities of who gave feedback on the paper uh which they couldn't do because it was anonymous now i could point out that timnit Denies that that is what she requires. We don't have the email, and so she instead she she said she said, right right. So she said no. I never was. First of all, it was never anonymous. It was never supposed to be anonymous, and I just want more transparency. So that's what she's saying on Twitter. Uh, Jeff Dean's email doesn't look like it was written by a real person, so probably not <laughs> Jeff Dean. It looks like it's written by lawyers. I suppose lawyers are real people too. Okay, but uh, not when it, they're acting in like, their
1: br- professional capacity.
0: Yeah, exactly. It was written by a committee. And, uh, you know, they they use terms like, we respect her decision to resign. Like, yeah, we know. <laughs> we know what happened. But I, I know it's because without those that language, they open themselves up to a lawsuit. So it's, um, it's hard to take that statement. I, I can understand why people don't take that statement seriously. Um, her supporters also say that while they can cite specific rules that um, – you know, that could invalidate, that could like cause them to retract the paper. There are essentially so many rules that no one's follows and then they usually waive. So they've kind of arbitrarily decide to come up with minutiae to to, um, knock down this one, if that makes sense. So that's what they're saying has happened. Hmm. So again, I don't really have a good, sense of how to adjudicate this. I'm just trying to give all the different sides of the argument. So she has a lot of supporters in the company signing petitions and they're all threatening to leave. It was like the walk away campaign, I think it's called. And the CEO, uh, uh, Sundar Pekai, has called for an investigation and he's been criticized for not going far enough. Timnit called his response dehumanizing because he spoke of her departure and not of her firing. So that is my attempt at putting together all of the facts. How... How well do you think you understand what the, not necessarily what happened, but what the layout of the facts are here?
1: I I think I've got the the big picture. Um, the no, knowing a little bit more about how how exactly this review process was supposed to work uh, is is intriguing, but but I think it's it's a little bit beside the point. Getting down in the nitty gritty yeah. that that that's not something that we're going to resolve on this episode.
0: No, I, honestly, all of the academic like. The paper acceptances and and it's all such a pain in the neck <laughs> and honestly it's like disrespectful you're you kind of expect to be disrespected in that process if you're, you're sort of naive if you don't but uh anyway yeah, i mean i've I've, not I've only
1: worked on in recent memory one one academic paper uh while while at my current company uh and it mostly it had to be reviewed by marketing before they would uh, allow me to put my name on it but uh mm. I I wasn't so concerned about what marketing had to say, given the technical level of the paper.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. All right. So, um, part two. What was Timnit Gebru working on? Let's let's go dive deep into that. Um, I always like in in so, so you could always tell the spin. Her supporters called her a renowned top AI researcher, which are you know very um, you know R- renowned uh, very... and top are subjective. Yes, yes. But, you know, they're very, um, uh, what do I say, complementary terms. Um, and, and, and they could be justified. You know, her work on racial and gender bias and AI does get a lot of attention. But it's also that stuff gets a lot more attention anyway, because of the subject matter and because of the cultural zeitgeist. Uh, she has won some competitions, some best papers, and uh, she's a high rank at Google, for sure. In 2018, uh, in a paper at Google, she found that facial recognition works on well, Google's facial facial recognition works on white people much better than on black people because there are a lot more white people in the training set. So, I mean, I always hate when people then not hate. I always like get annoyed when people say, "Oh, that means that the AI is racist." It's like, well, what is that? It's, I probably racially biased is a better term, um, but um, you know, because. Well, it's hard to find it's, what race it's not exactly but,
1: garbage in, garbage out, but there's a certain element of that to it.
0: Yeah, there's a certain focus of where it's it's better. It's going to be better on the things that it's it's been taught, obviously. So Google has no problem with this research. Uh, they let her put it out just fine. Of course, the language model research goes more to the heart of what Google does because their search al- algorithm. Uses the language model research uh, that she has in the current paper. So, what is the current paper? That we have the title. The title is on the dangers of stochastic parrots. Can language models be too big? And there's a key term in there. The key term is parrots. Uh, in other words, like uh, you know, the the animal that uh, squawks and repeats whatever you <laughs> says, whatever you say back to you, um, because that's what these language models do. And so one of the aspects of the paper is the energy costs to train these things. I kind of want to skip over that for time uh, because the real crux of it, the real social uh, concern is that in the training data. So what these large language models do is they take all of the all of the English texts, say, on the Internet, and they use that to build the best possible model they can of the English language and what people are likely to write and what people are not likely to write, not just grammar and vocabulary, but also like the incidence of phrases and words and how they fit together. Sort of like what we spoke about in uh, a few episodes ago with Tyson A. Bradley, where it was like, okay, you could have a red fire truck and a purple fire truck. Just one is way more likely, even though they're both uh, correct. Um, so it's, it's, it, so, so that's sort of statistically what it's doing. Um, so the real crux of it is that in this training data, there will be racist, sexist, and abusive language, and then the AI is going to repeat that as normal language. Um, this has happened, I think, a Microsoft bot that they put on Twitter. They went out and became horribly racist in like five minutes. Do you remember that? That was. Many years I, I do ago. remember hearing about that. And actually, yeah.
1: this, this reminds me of... Um, a, a recent episode of 99% Invisible I listened to. They were talking about uh, the the Enron emails, which I wasn't aware of, and how uh, they were released into the public domain, or maybe not released into the public domain, but but publicly released uh, during the investigation. And because they were so publicly available uh, as as a database, it was that corpus was used for a lot of uh, you know the development of early spam filters and language research and. And some some early machine learning stuff along those lines, but there were concerns about well, what's the sample size? It's people working in a uh, oil and gas energy firm in Houston, uh, you know, who are there's there's a, a location bias, uh, a, a racial and socioeconomic bias, and a, a business sector bias. So it's it, it's it's great as a tool, topic bias. but it doesn't necessarily yeah. represent everyone uh, effectively. And so the 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 way that it because it was kind of a, an, an early block in there it it, it established some, some norms early on that are, are potentially still with us today so yeah. so there so, so there are one real thing concerns there yeah. and, and and this kind of builds on I, th- I think some of those same ideas
0: right oh by the way this is from um, uh, the MIT technology review is where we're getting misinformation because they looked at the paper and were reviewing it so I couldn't read the paper. Uh, myself. So I'm kind of getting a third term. One thing that the article says, not in the paper, it says an AI model taught to view racist language as normal is obviously bad. Um, and actually, I want to point out that's, that's not actually true at all. There <laughs> are lots of models. To, I mean, I even built one at Foursquare um, trained on offensive language tips. And we use it to filter out uh, uh, sort of abusive tips. I I I guess the 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 work uh, I think it shows the bias of the people writing where they're like anything that's taught to be racist is obviously bad but the the as normal is doing a lot of
1: work in that statement there and and how exactly Mm. that's interpreted um yeah yeah so so I think it's I I would say uh inherently bad and uh and and useless are are probably inaccurate um okay the the as normal maybe gets them around that but but I think that's that's a valid point that uh, simply excising this from the model doesn't solve your problems. That, that, that would just be creating a potential blind spot for this kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Okay, so that's one thing about the article. There are three more and the, the second one is really the one where I have a strong dislike of. But the second aspect of the paper is the theory that social change requires us to change our vocabulary over time to be more politically correct. And it sounds like Timnit and her team want to use the AI. Want the AI to use the most current language, the most woke language, if you will. <laughs> and there's no way around this. What the MIT article is saying here, it's like it's not just about filtering out abusive language. It's also an aspect of wanting to wield vast power over uh, computer-generated language from AI to shape the direction of society. And this is one part where <laughs> I'm really not down with this. I mean, this is you're. You, you're gonna encourage Google to uh wield that power that's uh, uh that's just that's kind of horrifying yeah, not, to me and I, I, it's amazing to me that people don't see not it. to
1: go too far down that uh that di- divergent rabbit hole here but uh it's it's hard to come up with a a clear right answer there because either they they do advocate for it and they they do uh, go down that path in in which case they're they're doing one thing. Uh, or by choosing not to do it they're making another statement and so there's there's it's it's not an easy thing where you can say well i just wash my hands of it and we're not going to deal with that because that in itself is is functionally taking a side in these issues at least from the perspective of uh, many of the people to whom this is this is important
0: uh, yeah so uh, i'm not sure i get what you're saying though like um, what, what they are taking a side uh, they're just like hey, this is the right way to talk about something, and I want to kind of dictate down the line how people should be using language and and inject that directly into the AI, it almost sounds like.
1: Yeah, I I guess the the choosing to do something is definitely an action here, but but also choosing not to do something uh, potentially opens them up to uh, similar, uh, if if maybe uh, slightly different emphasis, uh, criticisms
0: there. Sure, sure. But this is sort of a like, permanent social revolution ideology type thing. Okay, let's get into the third and fourth things, which I have some sympathy for. So the third thing it mentions is it's hard to audit these large data sets for what are you teaching the model, uh, because there's so much data. Here, I totally agree that's a big problem. We had a big episode on it called um, Big Al- Big Algorithm. Uh, in episode 27, we said that we want big algorithm over big data, and that we want it. We want to find algorithms that learn from data that is very well vetted um, versus just trying to throw as much data at it as possible. So I agree with her on that. And the fourth is that the language models do not actually attempt to understand language. They just statistically mimic it, which is another one that we've been talking a lot about on this show. We've talked about it several times. Uh, so I think there was... What was the uh, episode Understanding, Understanding? I'm going to try to... Now I'm going to pull up the archive immediately because I didn't... Uh,
1: yeah, but I, I think that gets to... Uh, 134, one, yeah. One of the key differences about. between... Um, uh, I, I forget what the term for it was, but, a, but a, a powerful, narrow AI and a general AI. A general AI has to actually understand what it's doing, whereas you can make a narrow right. AI that can, can fake it really well, uh, but it doesn't necessarily have an understanding of what it's doing. And so that makes it uh, a little bit more, more fragile maybe, or, uh, or, or brittle
0: susceptible to error. Yeah. And it's um, it's uh, it's yeah. Right now the statistical models do exactly that. So yeah, yeah, it's an issue. So, so this would be an interesting paper. It'd have one thing It would have several uh, great, I suspect it has several great points and it has uh one thing that's ideologically dri- driven—that's that's, um, that's crazy—but yeah, I I would want it published. So, why would Google want to suppress this? That's a good question. Even though it goes to the heart of Google search, I—it's just my view. I just see a publication of this paper would not like lead to cause for dismantling Google search. It could even lead to more research to like improve the models and allow Google to make even more money. So I don't really like the way it's kind of um, hinted at is like you know. Uh, she was going after the uh you know their main money maker and they wanted it stopped i just don't i don't see that i could be wrong i just don't see that as a motive so anyway that's uh that is what she was working on and that's what the uh that's what the topic is about i did want to spend a little bit of time next talking about you know some of the Racial bias in AI that I found, uh, which does exist, because of largely because of um, of uh, the training sets that are used um, and the lack of understanding. Uh, but any questions about this so far?
1: Well, I, I'll just throw out with your your last point there that um, while. Well, I, I think the the kind of qui bono, uh, you know, who, who who benefits? What does Google actually gain by re- by blocking this paper from publication? is is a good question to be asking. Um, but at the same time, I am I am very hesitant to give Google the benefit of the doubt in in uh, in acting. They've they've come a long way since their do no evil days. Uh, so so oh, yeah. so I, I tend not <laughs> to give them me. the benefit. It's this is. This, this sounds like uh, a case of, of bad actors on both sides so I don't know who I want to root for
0: yeah no I've said that I, I think as much as I went into this story I started um, disliking all sides of it I'm sorry to say uh, more and more uh, but yes let's so there are probably some people who are saying like uh, AI is there's no there's nobody who says that uh, bias in AI is not a problem but let's uh let's talk about some of the examples that that uh, That that we found. One of them is from this year, which is like the, uh, you know, those things where they take your temperature, but they point something at your head and then it takes your temperature so that you know whether or not you're allowed in because you don't have COVID. Yeah,
1: yeah, yes. We we have to do that at daycare every day when we drop the kids off.
0: Okay, okay. So when uh, Google sees a picture of that with a hand with one of those in it, it's called uh, uh, Hand Holding a Monocular. A monocular is a binocular with only one side. It kind of looks like that. I can oh, okay. see why Google would think that. Now, make the hand black, and it says hand with gun. So that's, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's an issue. Um, there's another issue, uh, and this one is – so the, the, there's a question I want to ask is what, what's the actual – what is the actual harm being done there if it's just some algorithm that people made but is not being deployed? So that's that's a fair question to ask. Unfortunately, it's not a question that AI ethics teams, I think, are asking enough because there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of trial uh, uh, algorithms out there, just people testing stuff in research and there is a big debate about if you test something in research and, and and you try something out and it has one of these horrible things are you now a horrible person uh you know <laughs> well, it's it's I guess the, what, the question that i want to ask
1: is is this an issue with the algorithm or is it an issue with the the training data set and may, maybe maybe right. it's not possible to well, separate yeah. those two they're they're inextricably bound but well yes if
0: you if you create something in the lab so to speak and you don't um, productionize it um, is it a problem? And some of these people are saying, yes, yes, you can't do that because then someone else is going to come along and productionize it. So, oh, well, Uh, there's, uh, I I don't agree with that, by the way. Um, So there's another one with uh, GANs, the generated adversarial model, where it like, um, it generates faces. And there's a version of it where it could generate faces from pixelated faces. So it could pixelate your face and then and then I give it a pixelated version of your face It reconstructs your face. Problem is, it turns everyone white uh, because it's seen so many white peoples and sort of like turned, there's one, I have a link here, and all these links will be on localmaxradio.com slash 149, and so there's one that turns Obama into a white guy. Um, another example I found that, um, you ever do a Google search on yourself, Aaron, and I, I've done it. I search Aaron Bell, and then it comes up, see Aaron's criminal record. Ooh. Uh you seen that yet? Yeah. Uh, not so not recently, but yeah,
1: I, I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. So apparently, uh, if you have a, a, a name that is more commonly associated with African-Americans in, in Google search, those find so-and-so's criminal record thing are going to be ranked higher. Um, and then, of course, there's Gebru's initial uh, work on facial recognition, which, you, which we talked about at the beginning. So these are... Not necessarily generated by people being intentionally racist on online and it, it sucking that up, but it's more just like who what the training sets are, what the people doing the training sets are. It's kind of inevitable that um people working on AI will not be uh you know will not come up with every case and will kind of be biased towards who they are I don't see it as
1: to. Uh, a a more basic question that I think we've talked about before, with uh, you know the curation of our, our online experience, the curation of the 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 data that we're exposed to, um, you know, are do we want uh, a a pure unfiltered feed uh, that's that's based on you know almost almost a, a frequentist uh, assessment of the the information out there, uh, or or do we want some sort of algorithm, whether it's Google or or some other uh, institution coming up with it that's uh normalizing and adjusting that to to for lack of a better term to correct it to to be a a more accurate or maybe not even more accurate but a quote-unquote better uh, depiction of reality
0: right i mean it's 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 very tough to actually make everyone happy with one of these things um obviously the, the things i pointed out are obvious things that um Google could then go ahead and fix and they do it, which is, you know, one benefit of having a a, a a group that tries to discover these things. But there is some inevitability. You you, you don't get a, a neutral algorithm in, in life, so to speak. It's just not it, it's just not possible. Life is inherently biased in many ways. Uh, so, well, right. if, again, if, trying to. If, if I you feel like as it, a person or I,
1: the system itself have no biases, yeah. then it can't make any. Uh, well, for I, I feel awkward using this term, but it can't make any discriminatory assessments. And discriminatory here doesn't mean racial discrimination. It means being able to look at multiple things and make a decision. Is it A or B?
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's where can... the value
1: is in, in these types of algorithms, is being able to tell things apart and extract information from what would otherwise be noise.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I feel like an AI ethics team, when looking at this, should really uh, look at it like, hey, uh, bias is inevitable, uh, but we can take make an attempt to be neutral by looking at these, uh, you know, really bad situations and trying to prioritize them. But I, I do find it concerning when it, you come out with um, when you try to come out with outrages all the time, and it's like, okay, uh, you you do have to prioritize and you do have to ask for each one. Well, how bad is this? Who who are you harming? Uh, for for each particular one is very important. The criminal record thing is a good example. Like you, you could actually point to who you might be harming in that situation. Um, whereas uh, turning Obama white, I mean, maybe it's uh, like yeah, I'd say that's I that's less see...
1: uh, a, a harm Who's done it than it is a symptom yeah. of of a fault in in the the approach.
0: Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Okay. So let's now turn uh, if we want to talk about if we want to uh kind of back out a little bit let's uh turn to workplace dynamics and what's kind of going on here shall we um so the first question is is an ultimatum a resignation uh I, you thought about this right
1: yeah and and i i don't know where it comes down legally but uh yeah there's 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 it's it's, it's very open to interpretation i i I think I would perceive if you say, uh, if you don't do X, then, then I will be, then, then, you know, then I will no longer be able to, to continue working here. Uh, then, then when they say, well, we're not going to do X, then you've, you've already offered your resignation. They can say we accept it. Um, perhaps it is legally, it may be required that there needs to be an affirmative step that then they then say, okay, now I've resigned. And if they don't, then, then you know things kinda go back into neutral. Um it's
0: Yeah, it could be like the employer has to say, I won't do X and then the employee has yeah. to say I, the, and therefore I enact my threat.
1: The the Hollywood version of that is is that and, and what I'm picturing in my brain is, you know, a cabinet officer or, or a cabinet secretary coming up to the president and handing them an envelope and saying, you know, this is my resignation. You know, I can't in good conscience continue to serve in your administration if you do X, Y, Z. And then either the president says, thank you. You you know, we appreciate your service. Leave your badge on the desk on your way out. Or they say, I'm tearing this up. You can't possibly resign. We're going to change our stance on X and Y, uh, which is which is not exactly what happened here because, uh, I, I don't think, or the, we're not changing our stance, or but the, I need you to stay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I don't accept your resignation. You're being held here against your will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think that that's quite parallel to what happened here because even if she did say in her, her email that, you know, I, I, you know, I would be forced to resign or, or then, then I would no longer be able to continue my work. Uh, that's, that's not the same as, as handing an actual letter of resignation, you know, signed and dated. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, so I, I think uh, there's, there's
1: maybe some, some, some cultural gray area there, um, that, that can only right. really be cleared up by a, a California employment lawyer. I'm, I'm assuming that she worked in the <laughs> California offices.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, I. Well, I'm assuming that too. I don't know for sure, but I, I, think it is. Um. Okay. So, there are examples when people have handed their resignation when it was absolutely the right thing to do. Um, th- there was actually a, a case that we did in, in business school uh, that was very interesting that I think is relevant here, and uh, which is, I mean, kind of the opposite of, of, of what's happening, uh, which is uh, Donna Dubinsky, who's someone I met, who's, who's very amazing. And what she did in 1985 was uh, she was at Apple. I'm, I'm, I hope I don't botch this because I, <laughs> I, I learned about this 10 years old. And obviously the story is uh, whenever you get a Harvard business uh, uh, case, it's already... There's already flourish in there. So, but my understanding of it is that she was working at Apple, and it was her job to deal with distribution and of the products. And then Steve Jobs was like the former founder. He he was not in her line of, uh, you know, he was not in her her department, her line. But he came in anyway and said, "We're not having warehouses. We're doing X, Y, and Z." And I think it's eventually she basically uh, tried to resign and say, "Look." You know, you have the former founder coming in and telling us what to do, and it's not the right thing. And you, you know, I'll stay if you let us come up with a counterproposal. And um, amazingly, they said, uh, they said, "Oh shoot, she's right," <laughs> and so they let her do that. And that was uh, that was a, a gamble that paid off. So, but I'm sure that when she did, did it. She had to be very careful of how she communicated with people, especially if we go against Steve Jobs. How scary would that bit have been? Oh yeah, because he's and, he's definitely a, a
1: take note pr- like. He seems like absolutely the type of person who would who would call you on your BS on your bluff and say, "Okay, goodbye." Right, um, right, right. If, right, if right. he if he was but, not but convinced he was no longer, by your argument,
0: he was no longer CEO. Oh, I, I
1: see that. So, he, gotcha. Right.
0: So the CEO said, "Wait a minute. We hired someone to do a job." and then the former founders is, is stepping in and, and and they're resigning even though they're going to be very good at this job and they have a very good proposal we better keep them so that's that's always a very uh like a a kind of aspirational like wow that really happened <laughs> uh type situation uh but yeah i think the difference is you know first of all you need to be extremely <sighs> You need to have an extreme amount of emotional intelligence to do it right, and you need to be a very good writer and communicator. Yeah, and not, not
1: to mention you need to have I, a a realistic perception of your value to the company. Uh and yes. and I would say that if if this is a step you're willing to take, you you. You need to be prepared for them to to call your bluff on it for for it to not be a bluff. That that if you're not actually willing to walk, then you probably shouldn't be taking this step. It's it's not right. It's but not the a, movies. You know, not every Hail Mary Pass comes through.
0: Yeah, there, there's a generational it almost seems like there's a generational difference here. You know, writing a long rant is it might be it might feel good, you might think you're justified in it, but it's not ultimately not gonna get you what you want. So that's uh that's something to 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 consider another lesson here is i think how much of a mess the google organization (laughs) is most big organizations ends up being this way but wow the um the young hip uh googly smart people google is uh is no longer there it's all it's all um lawyers and politics now it's a very political place um, and, and what I see from the things that I've been reading is there's a lot of people there ascribing bad motives to their opponents when they're trying to resolve disputes. Very bad yeah, sign and, and, when you're and trying they're not to run a good organization.
1: I, I think there's a fair amount of this going on at, at you know Amazon, uh, at Facebook. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Microsoft has had this for decades now where you know, you've, you've, you've got a generation of folks who – who are are not necessarily on board with uh, what the the uh, the old suits are doing. uh, And and it's it's creating more tension, not less, as things continue to develop.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of the employees don't trust the leadership. It's kind of like they they feel like they're the old boys club. And so there's a lot of tension there. Um, It's also it's hard not to mention uh, James Damore on the other side who was fired for that memo that some people said was sexist, probably about. Three four years ago, if I remember correctly, um, and so, uh, so he was kind of—I mean, I, I hate to use a term, but like he was kind of a nobody in the company. Um, so it's definitely not. The, so it's not like the the leadership is in in it was with his ideology, but it's uh, it's definitely created a lot of division. And there's and you know, remember he he was kind of encouraged to uh, write his thoughts. So <laughs> it was. Um, they sort of have seem to have this um and this is something we all use by the way and that affects the way we think about the world because it gives us our results all and when you find out all the people inside are are just um can't stand each other it's <laughs> uh <laughs> it's getting worse and worse so i think more of these more of these issues are going to come up. More James Demores, more Tim and Gebru's. I know neither of them would like to be associated with the other one. I don't want to make some, yeah, it, like, it, it yin and yang makes, type thing. Uh, but they, it, they both have this situation of being fired by Google in a big controversy.
1: Yeah, they, they they can join the uh, the ex-Googler's uh, em- employment uh, lawsuit support group together. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, another abs- observation, the leadership is just completely soulless. They hide behind legalese. Um, and so what is their, what is their focus? What's their ideology? It's, it's, it's neither one of those two people. Uh, it's really, it, it's kind of like they're politicians. They're, they're they, they kind of like they breed true believers in their ranks and then they cynically use it to maintain their power and position. That's kind of how I see it. So whoever rises to the top of these organizations is the people are the people who are better at that. And I think Timnit kind of was, uh, a true believer. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't blame them for
1: hiding behind the legalese here because, uh, yeah. the, the, certainly the, the C suite leadership has an obligation to do that because one, one misstep or mis misquote here, uh, exposes them to huge liability as, as a company, uh, not to I mean, mention it just shows us where we are as a society
0: uh, too. Yeah.
1: It's, they, they could probably deal with this better than they have, but, uh, Oh yeah. To, to to not have the lawyers in the room to to protect them from themselves would be foolish here. I, I think the, the big takeaway here uh is that Coinbase is coming out of this sounding like uh, brilliant savants. That that <laughs> this is this is well, this, this is exactly the type of situation I think they were trying to avoid with their maneuver earlier this year by by giving an out to people so that uh this this type of, of clash doesn't happen. And and we're still waiting to see what the the long term shakedown on something like that actually is, but
0: right. I remember they you saw they they had a whole uh, hit piece on them in the New York Times saying how uh, they they they're a racist company and <laughs> some former people said this and this and this. So I mean that's not the end of Coinbase. Obviously, we'll see. Uh, you know that could just be. You know, they could have anticipated that and say, all right, uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but they could be like, all right, let's uh, let's move on from this now that we've we've done it. But I, in some ways, I think Timnit is kind of a, a victim here because she was kind of sold a bag of goods by Google that this is what our company is about, which is something they could never possibly be. And then she is uh, disappointed when it turns out that um, they totally are not that.
1: Yeah, I, I, so. I I can't find your your comment from earlier about it but uh the 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 bit where she was uh, stating in, in I think it was in an in internal memo uh, that uh oh yeah it was it was the to to stop uh, cooperating with company initiatives and and that uh oh here it is diversity initiatives are all glass and mirrors essentially uh, I I think maybe it's yeah, just she, my th- those are my take words not that her. that, that yeah. she was foolish to have ever thought it otherwise uh but but clearly she came into it thinking that was not the case uh, and became disillusioned and i i can't blame her for when you know seeing the real writing on the wall they're getting upset but i also can't blame google for not wanting somebody internally who's uh potentially spreading that kind of of toxic uh um desi- divisiveness internally that that she- uh, you
0: mean like what she was in the in the in the rant. Yeah,
1: that, that's that's yeah. a nightmare for HR, and and if she didn't already have a target on her back, that's certainly put it there.
0: Yeah, but I'm just saying it does take. Uh, i was gonna say take two to tango, but I hate <laughs> using those. Uh, Takes um, three to <laughs> thrango those, uh, uh. cliches. <laughs> no, but like, um, I I don't feel like it's not like she joined Coinbase and then got all upset that they weren't. Li- they, they, they weren't doing what they were supposed to do in terms of the diversity initiatives. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Google sold her that uh, this is exactly what we're doing and we promise that this is this is how we're going to do it. And, you know, whenever you say as a company, this is what we're going to do. And you pro- you like I, I feel like they mislead their employees a little bit. Yeah. Uh, with their kind of brainwashing. They have their own brainwashing is, is kind of what I'm saying. I don't think anyone who's worked at Google would dispute that. But you could you tell me
1: they, they probably have it to a greater degree than many companies.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Um, OK, so what what other notes here do we have? What should be a good approach to AI ethics? I think, you know. I don't really have a good insight into how AI ethics organizations work. I only know from this particular examples. Uh, I think some of the things they bring up though uh, seem reasonable and things that should be brought up. If you're going to build AI, uh, it's almost like a, 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 a part of testing, right? You want to make sure that um, you, you will, but you want to try to understand where bias comes from and, and, and what it is rather than trying to be flashy and activist. And that's a very hard, uh, that's a very hard, uh, you know, rope to stand on there. It's it's very hard to, to, um, to do this properly. I think you need to have people in those positions that kind of consider all sides, not take extreme positions. Um, But who, who would, I think activists are more, the people who are attracted to AI ethics might be the more activist type. So, it might yeah, be tough it, to At uh, face value, that those. seems
1: like a reasonable uh, a reasonable conclusion to draw. I mean, it's much, much like uh, when you're designing a piece of software uh, that, that's going to be used by, you know, whether it's internal or external users, you want to have a security person in the room uh, to inform your design decisions. Uh, it probably makes right. sense to have someone thinking about these ethics-related topics so that you're not coming in at the at the 11th hour and trying to fix a problem that, that you're designing with these things in mind.
0: And there's a bunch of areas in ethics. I, I feel like, and I it could just be her work, but I feel like there's going, it, they're not considering all of AI ethics. They're just work, looking for racial and gender bias, and in some cases, cultural bias. But uh, don't you feel like there should be more to AI ethics than that? I mean, there's and also it's only certain like Facebook came out and said recently like hate speech toward white males is now going to be allowed, um, or at least uh, you know not considered important to. It's 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 not uh,
1: it being yeah, assessed or, or dealt with in in the same fashion.
0: Right, um, but I, I feel like this bias stuff is not the only AI ethics. There's there's data yeah, it's, concerns. It's certainly there's the, a, the uh, privacy
1: uh, most may, maybe. Maybe it's the most controversial, but it's the one that's getting the most attention.
0: I guess she dealt with energy costs as well, Um, although I see that as more of a cost than that. But anyway, uh, it it, yeah, there are definitely I I feel like there are areas that should get more attention that that aren't. I, I haven't thought about laying out what those are exactly yeah, there's, but, there's uh, privacy would be a big one yeah uh, for uh, sure. privacy and data security would be a big one i think there's there's um, one
1: thing I'll, I'll i'll add to the the topic of having a, an ethics department uh and i i don't know yeah. where i originally saw this uh so i apologize to whoever i'm stealing it from without without attribution uh but a company having an ethics department is in general a bad look because it gives the perception <laughs> of ooh and in this room, this is our ethics department, and I'm now going to close the door because they do their <laughs> ethics in there, and we don't want that contaminating the rest of the company. <laughs> you know, they, They're the only yeah, ones that are allowed to think about ethics. Yeah, it, It's a semantic it, it, thing, but it, it, it tickles my funny bone.
0: No, it does sort of suggest that you have a little bit of a problem. Um, I almost wish there would be like a AI bias testing and... AI privacy testing departments would almost sound better. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, we can, when we start our own company, we can do it that way. Um, all right. So I think we got through this in 55 minutes. That's uh, that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, right on the money there.
0: All right. So I want to thank everybody. Have you been on the local site, maximum.locals.com? I
1: have. Uh, there's There's been uh, some, some interesting exchanges there, uh, a little a couple of sneak previews of upcoming episodes a few days early of not, not necessarily the episode itself, but a hint of what's going to be going to be dropping soon. So I think people have appreciated yeah. seeing that.
0: I feel a lot more free to post whatever I want on there because you don't have all of Google, all of a Twitter and stuff that can respond. Cause usually when I put something and somebody responds on Twitter, it's not someone who I care to interact with. <laughs> These are my people. So please join us at maximum.locals.com to support the show. Uh, you could become a member and you can just join for free and just watch, or you can participate and you could be a supporter and it's only $4 a month. You know, not a huge part of your budget. You're really supporting this show because, uh, you know, there's, um, you know, my costs are still not covered. I don't have a whole lot of costs, uh, but I was worried. I, I am glad. I'm, I'm very, very thankful to those of you who have been supporting the show. I am, uh, Surprised and uh, and, um, and uh, pleasantly surprised that people are actually chipping in. It's, so it's good to I'm, know we're uh, not really just
1: presi- speaking into the void.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to get to a hundred members there, and I think we can get there uh, pretty soon, maybe early next year. Um, I could do a lot more on locals when they have a hundred members. It makes sense. I think locals as a whole is trying to get the creators to get a bunch of people on there first um, and trying to incentivize uh, little communities to spring up. So. Uh, yeah definitely be interactive Uh, maximum.locals.com check it out localmaxradio.com slash 149 for the for the show notes and yeah two two shows left I think next week I just there are a few articles that I wanted to get to today but I wanted to focus on this but there are a few articles about emerging technology that maybe I'll just go over as a solo show next week um, just to update you on some of the uh, maybe more exciting things that have happened in 2020 that uh, have kind of happened under our noses, and um, then I'm hoping, Aaron, after that, you'll join me for the last show of the year. Well, where, where we'll do a year look back of 2020, uh, which um, will be one for the ages, I expect.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm really afraid that all this. Uh, this. Anxiousness to get 2020 over with and and get into 2021 is is going to result in an epic disappointment when we realize on January 1st that we are dealing with all the same problems we were on December 31st. But but I'm trying not to to let that uh, that depressive attitude <laughs> drive me down in the holiday season here.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Um... If there aren't any, if I hear no objection, any last words, then I'll just uh, close out the program. What do you think? I
1: second the motion.
0: Okay. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support The Local Maximum, sign up for exclusive content and their online community at maximum.locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at localmaxradio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. Have a great week.